0: on local now channel 525.
1: Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, 5'2,
0: it's all I need, yeah.
1: And 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K.
0: This is my I be welcome to tonight 's Andrea K. show best day of the week because that 's Monday That means I get to kick off another week hanging out with the best people on the planet, and that is you all out there. buckle up, grab something cool and frosty to drink. Uh, keep your eyes on the road if you 're on the way home, um, but sit back and relax and chill for the next um two hours. For tonight's Andrea Kay show, we got lots to talk about tonight. We've got an update for you guys on Hawaii. Some unsettling allegations being made by an Oahu whistleblower we're going to share with you guys. It is indictment watch right now in Atlanta. Funny because there was all kinds of shenanigans happening earlier with the case already being put on filed in the courts. So we've got that share with you guys. We've got an attorney from Alliance Defending Freedom who will be here uh, after the first break, so definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, So much to get into tonight. We've got, um, let's see, we've also got some interesting pop culture stories to share with you guys, including a country song that went viral and and, and this guy, why is this guy being attacked by the left and the right for just doing a little ditty that has kind of taken off about being poor? So we've got that and so much to get into tonight. Of course, we want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Email me at andreakashow.com, andreakashow.com. Before I go in any further, I got to bring in this man. He is the one, the only. It's DJ Potato Skins.
1: Happy Monday to you. It's nice to connect with the audience again, but let's all look forward to the actual best day of the week in four days when we hit Friday.
0: By the way, I want to correct the record. It's Landmark Legal Foundation it's coming up in a moment oh gosh i'm trying to take a deep breath so i don't get the hiccups again that has just been a constant thing i've been fighting off lately okay let's talk about hawaii it has been so bizarre the government's response and well the the fires themselves have been bizarre we don't have a cause of the fires we know that the winds the high winds 70 something and we will get to the georgia grand jury thing by the way we're going to get to that after the The break in which we talk about the special counsel, as well as the Georgia case with um, Landmark Legal Foundation's vice president of legal affairs, Michael O'Neill. But I want to talk about Hawaii for a moment because it's been bizarre. People have been been and, and this isn't. And of course, anytime things things don't make sense and we don't have transparency and the government is obviously engaging in a cover-up or trying to get people to look the other way, it sparks conspiracy theories. It does. And I'm not here to tell you guys I'm not buying in. To some of the conspiracy theories going on with Hawaii, because there's no cause at this point in which clearly they should be able to tell you when we had raging wildfires back, I believe it was in 2017. They they knew, for example, the one that took out a lot of homes in Bel Air, that that was started by a homeless encampment. Now, granted, it was during uh, wildfire season, but they knew the start of it. Now, because you've got dry brush that hadn't been properly removed in deforestation efforts and because it was super dry and low humidity and a lot of winds, it allowed the fires to take off. Um, but they were able to pretty quickly tell us what the cause of those fires were and what the epicenter of the fire was. We don't have those answers. On top of it, a lot of local residents are saying that they're getting bombarded with investors and realtors wanting to buy up their properties that in conjunction with the fact that you've got a lot of high profile people over there who've said nothing and done nothing to offer help has led to a lot of belief that this was this was started because the bigs the elites the new world order great reset peeps wanted this prime uh piece of land in Hawaii because this was an area in Hawaii that was so such an opportunity for billions and billions and billions of dollars. The only thing that stood between these investors making the billions was the little locals that owned and and wanted to retain little Lahaina town. I saw videos today of locals talking about that. I can't subscribe to that, that this was a fire that was set to take out Lahaina for big investors. But I do believe that the government is trying to cover up their crappy response to it. I have heard today from a lot of locals And their power company is already being sued that they had 400 sirens over there, and yet they were all silent. There were plenty of weather warnings about these high fires and about these uh, possibilities and these conditions, and yet the power company didn't shut down any power. We had wildfires here in San Diego County. Where the SDG&E had to pay out because what happened was, remember the live wires that hit the ground that involved Rancho Santa Fe skins and it set off the blaze, which led to hundreds of homes being lost. Why didn't the power company shut out the power at that point? Their method, there were no sirens. The sirens went silent. And the cell towers were down, yet the only way that they tried to communicate was via text messaging and radio and TV when nobody had at that point had any power. Didn't make sense. Here is what I'm going to read to you, what a whistleblower had put out on social media today. I cannot verify this, but I want you guys to know what some people are saying. Quote, I just got out of a meeting where I was informed by someone in the mayor's office about developments that are being kept from the public. I am not a conspiracy theorist, and I don't want to make trouble, but here's what I've heard. The amount of fatalities is expected to be more than 500, but less than 1,000. Many of the fatalities will be children who were at home because they canceled school, parents were working, and were not there to evacuate the children. The children had no idea they needed to leave, and by the time they notified their homes or apartments... um, The home the home they Noticed their homes or apartments were on fire, it was too late. The government is worried about how we will react when we learn that the fire department left left the fire earlier in the day and claimed it was hundred percent contained, knowing the winds were expected to be seventy miles per hour in the afternoon. This is against all fire protocols. The fire department should not have left the original fire unattended. They are scared the public calls for accountability will be more they can control and and protest and riots will occur. The plan to lock down Lahaina for several uh, the plan is to lock down Mahina for several months. It will take months to clean up the hazardous and environmental contamination. They won't have enough housing for all the displaced. There were 2,000 folks unaccounted for this morning. They found 700 today, but there's still 1,300 missing. And they are very worried that the community is going to freak out when they find out not a single fire truck responded to the sinister. Uh, di- disaster. The emergency sirens were not activated. The hurricane sirens and the loss of life could have been kept down by better emergency management which utterly failed. I'm not trying to make waves or stir up problems, but I was so angry and sad when I found out how many children were dead that I knew I had to post this and let everyone know what I have learned. It's time for officials to stand up, tell the truth and face the music. They failed the guys. Our government is full of incompetent nepotism. So that from Hawaii, and that jives with what makes sense. That jives with what makes sense. And then to make matters worse, and I think that what is happening here is we've got local leadership and complete incompetence on top of just, which is typical of Democrat leadership. What to me, what this looks like is that we've got a Hawaii version of Katrina. And what happened in Katrina, there was plenty of warning, the local officials at the local and state level, it all got blamed on George W. Bush. But what was George W. Bush supposed to be doing in the Oval Office? Oh, I got a Category 4 or 5 coming up the Gulf. Let me plan evacuations. No. Katrina was a disaster because the Democrat policies that had been in that state for decades. And the local and the state Democrat officials who failed the people of Louisiana And that's why Biden has been pretty silent on it. That's why when he was asked about it today, he said no comment. That's why they've done everything they could to not have him go there. Because the response at the local level, as well as the federal level, why we have, how much military do we have in Honolulu? And yet they didn't dispatch anybody from Honolulu to go over there and do anything. And they're still not. I follow Kai Lenny who y'all longtime Andrew Kecio listeners know that I love big wave surfing and my favorite is Kai Lenny and I follow him and he lives on Maui and he posted a video two days ago talking about how the Department of Homeland HHS I believe or either HHS or DHS was blocking they weren't bringing in any insulin the people in Maui can't get couldn't get any of their medicine right so um it, it, they the f- flights. To bring the medicine from uh, Kona, I believe, on the Big Island over to Maui, Uh, our federal government was blocking those flights. So he and a bunch of surfers in the local community were using jet skis and boats to try to go and get the medicine so that the people of that have been displaced and lost their homes and all these people in the hospital so that they could get some medicine, get some insulin. And they were threatened, the Coast Guard threatened to stop the jet skis and the boats from getting the medicine. And he said, and I've seen also video after video after video of also not just medicine being stopped by the federal government from being delivered, but also every other supply that the people need. There's, It's uh, that's not conspiracy. This is the reality on the ground. And just like the border. And just like Katrina, they were able to blame it on a Republican president. And George W. Bush was too much of an idiot to care about how he was being smeared. He didn't care about it. And he didn't care what that was going to do to the rest of the nation and the blowback from that. And what the what the Biden administration and the legacy media is doing right now with Hawaii is hoping nobody's going to pay attention to it. The legacy media is going to ignore it, just like they did the border. and that And that we're not going to scream as Americans about this. And then to make matters worse, he decides today as he's seeking, as he's promising um, another $200 million for Ukraine, he announced $700 per person flat fee to be paid to the Hawaiians. What I would like, this isn't the time to pile on Hawaiians, but what I would like at some point going forward for them, for the people to understand, just like in Louisiana, and I said it at the time, look, I'm from there. I, if there's an area in Louisiana that was devastated by Katrina, I got family and friends. I had quite a few family and friends that that lost everything there in Katrina. It wasn't George W. Bush's fault. It's the fault of the Democrats. And their policies, and their graft, and their embezzlement, and them not doing what they needed to do. Same thing in Hawaii. That's what the Democrats don't want anybody to focus on. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about the special counsel. We're going to talk about what's going on in uh, Georgia because there is breaking news in Georgia with the grand jury. Stay tuned. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Look, I'm getting text messages from y'all. I know y'all want to talk more about Hawaii. We'll reopen the phones back at uh, the next segment at the bottom half of the hour because um, I know the phones were ringing in the opening segment and I'm getting text mess- messages from people. We got to move on right now uh, for the moment because I've got an amazing guest I told y'all about at the top of the show. It is the vice president of legal affairs, Michael O'Neill, and he is with Landmark Legal Foundation. Let me tell you a little bit of, of his resume here. Um, He is a graduate of Villanova University and the Catholic University's Columbus School of Law. He didn't go to LSU, but that's okay. I'll forgive him anyway for that. (laughs) He's still a constitutional expert. He specializes in constitutional and regulatory legal matters. And he joins me now. Originally, we brought him on to talk about the special counsel. I talked about that Friday night as it was breaking, um, but I wanted to bring on somebody who's actually a comma JD to talk about that. Um, welcome to the show, Michael O'Neill. Glad to have you glad to be here Andrea okay um, before we get into the special counsel I'm looking up and I'm seeing that the jury the Georgia grand jury delivers 10 indictments tonight they kept the court there late and I know we didn't bring you on to talk about this but um, but I wanted to see if I could get your reaction. I'm not sure why they bothered with the grand jury delivering the indictments because this morning it was already posted with a on the docket I guess with a case right. number and even a judge assigned uh your thoughts on all of this
1: well that's unusual and I think it's being i mean right now this is it appears very sloppily done right i mean we've we've had a supposed release of it that it was retracted and now it's coming out. Is it just dropping? I haven't seen anything. Yes. I'm looking at it right now. So it's just dropping. See, we're here over here on the East Coast after 9 p.m. Yes. So they're dropping in a sauna at 9 p.m. So they couldn't hold it till tomorrow morning. I I, I don't understand that. Um, again, I haven't had the opportunity to read this. It's going to be I, I do know the common the, the common wisdom of this is that this will be the most serious challenge to uh, President Trump, that these are the most serious allegations. So I have not reviewed them. I know Generally speaking, what we're talking about here, um, again, it is it's part of uh, everlasting attacks on former President Trump. Mm -hmm. And again, this is high. this it's interesting to me how this commands the highest level, you know, the the mainstream media completely is agog with every single facet of Donald Trump. Yet the stuff with Joe, Joe Biden and his utter corruption is basically passed over and nobody talks about it. Exactly. So, in yeah.
0: fact, the FBI yep. today, was it today we found out that the FBI had tipped off the Biden transition team about an interview that somebody wanted to have with Hunter Biden. I mean, every exactly. day and and I think that that could be it, it, it's, are we now at item number seven in which I think before Gateway Pundit was keeping track that we had a count of six times previously to where explosive information came out of against Hunter Biden and then immediately on the right. heels of that, there was an Indictment, uh, charges leveled, a superseding indictment. So here we've got this morning, we find out that the FBI tipped off the Biden transition team. And then immediately within a couple of hours, uh, the it, the indictments for Trump were on the website for were on right. the, the, the clerk's website prior to the grand right. jury even deliberating. And so then they had to bring them in and, and keep everybody there late. That's my take on it. Right.
1: And again, and even this, the appointment of the special prosecutor, which was on Friday and then next business day, Monday morning, this comes out. Yeah, this this comes out. So you can even you can even link it back to the appointment of the special prosecutor, although there's a lot of questions with the special prosecutor. Again, I'd have to review the indictment again. These are I think that this this is the one I mean, I've I've reviewed the other the other uh, charges against former President Trump. And I think that this one was always going to be the most serious. So I think that these we'll have to we'll have to review spe- the specificity right, of the charges. Right. Sometimes I don't know. Some, sometimes you get a, a a bias. Sometimes they say that certain charges are going to be brought. For example, you never saw an insurrection charge brought in the uh, the, the, the most recent indictment, federal indictments. There was no insurrection. There was a lot of talk that there was going to be an, an insurrection charge. And that was never brought. So I have to see specifically what the charges are made down down in uh, in, in Georgia. And I know these are state charges. This isn't a federal. This is. The district attorney at a, in the uh, Fulton County, so in, in Atlanta, right? Well, so
0: I think I think. Excuse ahead. me for interrupting. I think that what yeah, I've no, heard I, what I've heard about these as well, and I'm glad we're I'm glad you're on, even though you haven't had a chance to read it, as I'm seeing on our local news that it's been a, it's been sealed. So I don't know that anybody has the details yet, okay. um, but we know that this was allegedly this DA. Her area of expertise is RICO charges, and right. you know organized crime, and th- that almost made me laugh. Because for a couple reasons, because this, how do you have Rico? How do you have organized crime when your main evidence is supposedly, allegedly, a phone call with Donald Trump and George Kemp or somebody saying, "Hey, we seem to be short a hundred thousand votes. I believe I won. How about you go look and see if you can find a hundred thousand votes? Does that mean is that the kind of right. organized crime that I mean? I don't think Tony. I don't think Tony Soprano would agree that that's that's organized. Crime,
1: and I would think that the, the the tactic, maybe using the RICO again from a prosecutorial standpoint, it gives her more leeway to loop in additional in, in additional individuals to put the squeeze on them to get them to to to, in, to in, intimidate them to maybe speak in a certain way or to, to to disclose information they might not have disclosed. But it's funny you were talking about the the votes. I did review this afternoon. Speaking of which, I did review some of those conversations, and I re, I heard the. Conversation you were just referencing regarding Donald Trump, and I think it was Rassenberger and the uh, Secretary. Oh yeah, of State yeah, yeah, Raffens- where, where he talked about the the ten thousand plus votes that he was, and you know he Donald President Trump has always alleged, and this is in his defense, has always alleged that there was malfeasance in the election. So when you're talking about whether he committed perjury, whether he knowingly did this he's always legitimately, I I believe he's always legitimately believed in his mind that there Mm -hmm. was that there was malfeasance, that there was fraud and there was malfeasance. And so I think that's a very high bar for these prosecutors to meet in some of these cases, again, trying to prove the intent of what the mens rea, what, what was going on in Donald Trump's head at the time is a very difficult bar, considering he's been pretty consistent in what he said the entire time that he's always asserted that there was malfeasance in this election. right? And 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 listening to that speech again, not to just belabor this, but the listening to that conversation, it didn't strike me again. If you listen to it really objectively, it's, it's, hey, look, not create 10,000, not manufacture Mm -hmm. 10,000. It's, Identify ten thousand fraudulently cast ballots. That's was the right. margin that we're talking about in Georgia. Right.
0: We're so, talking to yeah. We're talking ahead. to uh, Michael O'Neill from Landmark Legal Foundation, and it's been a while, um, but I'm, I, I can remember enough about um, you know w- why wouldn't he ask Raffensperger that when he knows when we all knew at the time that George uh, uh, Kemp, I think his name is, had mm-hmm. cooked up right. a backroom deal with Stacey Abrams over absentee ballots. We all saw the video. Of of, uh, you know, of we all knew and my producer and I, the second they shut down the building and said we got a water leak, a, a, a toilet backed up. We were we were laughing. We we're like, OK, <laughs> this is just y'all making it too obvious what's going on. Right. Well, uh, down there. And I, can't,
1: I can't say this about voting and too. And I, I am I have a I have a lot of background on voter integrity and voter elections. It is very, very difficult to prove fraud. Now, if you're going to prove voter fraud, particularly in the context of being flooded with absentee ballots, mail, vote by mail ballots, right? The only thing you have to, to verify an absentee ballot is the envelope that it's contained in, right? That's signature verification that has to go occur Once you open that envelope and take that ballot out and put it in the stream of commerce, there's no way to prove that that ballot was fraudulently cast, right? The only check you have on this is the signature verification on the outside of the envelope so if and keep in mind also vote by mail is inherently risky process mm-hmm. it's just a risk, and it was all of these systems were put in place expeditiously in in response to covid right and right. so all, none of these systems were stress tests. All of these individuals, it takes, really, it takes months and years to properly implement a vote-by-mail right. system to, to so, ensure so, that right. the integrity
0: So, to, the so to try to criminalize Trump and charge him with RICO statutes, because in the middle of all that, he dared to say, hey, go look, see if you can find some, it's, it's at the same time that how many Democrats going back to do even before 2000 with right. Bush v. To, Gore. To, to, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, how, how many times have they done, you know, screamed and cried and done everything they could, including... Including putting up different electors any chance you can hold you can hold over sure. the break because we haven't even gotten to the whole special counsel thing because you know what we're seeing here is is um, a split screen of the biden crime family continuing to get away with their literal crimes involving the rico statutes while we've got the fbi and the doj going after an american citizen to persecute him and prosecute him for his thoughts We're going to continue our discussion with Michael O'Neill from Landmark Legal Foundation. When we return, don't go away. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kaye on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kaye show. Continuing our discussion with Michael O'Neill, who is vice president of legal affairs at Landmark Legal Foundation. Before the break, we were talking about the The breaking news tonight, the Georgia grand jury has returned 10 indictments. Uh, The unsealing of the indictments has not taken place yet. But there was already, we knew with the, it had already been leaked as to what, uh, they were looking at and what they were going for in the Georgia indictments. Uh, Michael O'Neill, earlier today, there was different theories that was put out suggestions that the uh, Trump team should uh, should ask for a dismissal because for them to post and we'll talk about the special counsel in a moment for them mm-hmm. to post the indictments on the clerk's site for all to read of course these new ones haven't been unsealed, but there are some today saying that that would have been prejudicial to the grand jury. Right. your thoughts
1: I think anything's on the table I think if you're defending your client and I think it's certainly worth a shot i would i would I wouldn't hesitate to to use any and all legal means at, at your disposal if you're in a, if you're representing uh President Trump before And your opponent is going to be this district attorney. I think you I think everything is on the table, you know, exercise your legal rights. And it doesn't it doesn't strike me as something that would be outlandish. But would you would it succeed in front of a judge down in Georgia? Probably not. But uh, I would certainly want to take a shot at it and preserve the issue for appeal.
0: Yeah that's a good idea. All right, let's talk about this special counsel. I mean, how dumb do they think we are? Uh, We get this, uh, David Weiss sends a letter to Congress on June 7th saying, well, I've been given full authority. I don't know what these whistleblowers are talking about. I didn't obstruct anything. I was given full authority. And so if that was true, then why would there be a need for a special counsel now? And if you're going to do a special counsel, he's not special. He's the same dude overseeing the investigation that allowed all the statute of limitations to run out.
1: Right, exactly. And there's all kinds. I, I, I kind of have a bunch of different takes on this. And I mean, it, it, take it for you with. Take, take take these for what you what you will. Okay. First of all, I think you're absolutely right. At first blush, it certainly seems very, you have to be skeptical about this appointment. I think you're absolutely right. Look, this is the gentleman who, who was poised to reach a sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden. And but for the judge in Wilmington, Delaware, sniffing this out and figuring out that seeing the sweetheart deal that was, you know, the the... Prohibition or further prosecution. That was a, it. Was attached. It was an attachment to an exhibit to a filing in, for, in front of this judge. So it was two steps removed from her. But yet she sniffed it out. But for the fact that she she called these these attorneys to the carpet and blew up this sweetheart deal, we probably wouldn't even be talking about a special counsel. So you certainly have to be skeptical about that. Next, you also have to see that inside. You know, this is the the the, the independent counsel regulations of the Department of Justice specify that. I mean, not the independent counsel, the special, prosec- the special counsel regulations specify that you have to be outside the Department of Justice. Well, he's the U.S. attorney for the state of Delaware. He's not outside the, Depar- the Department of Justice. So his impartiality is certainly questionable here, uh, just on the face of the fact that he is within the Department of Justice from an mm-hmm. objective standpoint. Mm-hmm. Next, I mean, you look at the foot dragging that he, that he did. I mean, he, didn't, he refused to charge some of the tax evasion, bring some of the tax evasion charges, and the statute of limitations, as those IRS uh, whistleblowers pointed out a couple weeks ago, those the, the tax charges, the statute of limitations have elapsed. So they are now off the table. So certainly I believe that, you know, how stupid do they think we are? There are a lot of questions about this. Oh, and I want to proffer a separate a separate theory on this, too. And this is kind of an interest. This is where it gets a little interesting for me. Look. Is there something afoot here? Are they trying to move Joe Biden out before the 2024 election? Are they trying to exert pressure on the president right now? I mean, every single time you have to ask yourself this question, every single time President Biden is in front of any camera, he does something ridiculously inappropriate or dumb or mm-hmm. just to reiterate the fact that he's not that he is not. Copus mentis, right now, that he is completely. That there is, that there is <laughs> I love that term. What is that? I, is
0: that a legal term for being deranged? Copus. Exactly. What is it? Copus he, mentis.
1: Non copus mentis is not is not in your right frame of mind. <laughs> so he is not in his proper frame of mind. Non copus so,
0: mentis. I got to right, use that.
1: Exactly. So he is he. So i I'm not willing to dismiss that this isn't an effort to exert to begin to exert pressure on him because there are individuals that the Democrat Party as a whole, individuals, powers that be within the Democrat establishment are coming to the realization that they don't want to put their chips on Joe Biden in the 2024 presidential election. First of all, could you imagine him trying to debate Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis or any other Republican candidate at this time? I just don't think it would work. He can't get through an interview, even cakewalk interviews with MSNBC reporters. He can't even get through without completely stepping all over himself. So I don't, can he, can he survive the rigors of a 2024 campaign? Yeah. No, exactly. And so, I mean, we're not, they're, they're misguided, but they're not stupid. The Politico is on the other side there. So they realize the same thing we're realizing, you know, in 2020, he was able to get away with it. He was able to hide in his basement under the, you know, under the so-called COVID restrictions that we were all ridiculous nonsense that we were all operating under, but he was able to hide out. Now you have four years have elapsed. And he is worse off. He is clearly dementia-ridden. He is, does, he is not, in, despite the fact that you see these these photo ops where he's trying to bike around Delaware, wherever the heck that is, <laughs> the beach, when, you know, Maui is burning and there's a, a catastrophe on the other side of the, you know, on the other side of the country. And he's no commenting those. So he can't, he can't, so I, I'm not willing to dismiss the fact that Maybe this is an effort to exert pressure on the Biden family to. move So, do you think out. that they
0: would put, put enough? There. Well, do you think? Excuse me for interrupting. Well, do you think that no, no. in an effort to try to get rid of them, that they might actually uh, actually come with some accountability? Look, I yeah. said I said about a year ago, I said that what I uh, hear skins did I not back me up here? Um, I I said they're going to they're going to get we expected that Biden would get pushed out in year, by the end of year one, if not the end of year two, but then, but Kamala. But, so then, yeah, exactly. so exactly. they, that's only reason why they've kept him around, and that the way that right. they were going to push him out would be through Hunter, and that they would allow him to try to cook up a deal if he would go away. We'll, we'll go easy on it, 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 and to use that, and so I think you're right. I think this could be a part of that, um, but it also could be at the same time a convenient way for the DOJ right to say, well, we can't comment on ongoing investigations and David Weiss can't come in. uh, And what the Republican Party needs to do is say, there's nothing in the Constitution that gives you the right to clam up and not give Congress oversight when we are entitled to oversight.
1: Fantastic points. And again, what you're seeing is you're seeing effective, uh, you're seeing effectiveness from the House Oversight Committee. I mean, they had the whistleblowers, they had Devin Archer, and you're seeing them uncover really important facts that are necessary for this and bringing a lot to light. And again, that is a perfectly, I, again, that's, there, there's just so many moving parts in this and we really don't know where we're coming down on this. And it, it is an effort. It could be an effort to protect them. It could be an effort to protect, you know, you have, you have your friends in the department of justice. And goodness knows we we've seen this over and over and over again, that they're protecting their own. And there's an effort to stymie the investigation up on Capitol Hill and say, Oh wait, the special prosecutor is now investigating this. We can't testify. We can't do this. But again, and then on the other side of that coin, just to just to play devil's advocate on the other side of the coin, the evidence is becoming so overwhelming. I mean, you see every the, 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 the gold posts keep moving, keep right. moving back. Right. First, he didn't participate. Then he just called in. Then he had no notch. But right. every time, what have you seen, though? Clearly, the president is lying. He has right. denied completely this. So he's, right. he's
0: there was even a Democrat, I'm excuse me for interrupting again, I've only yeah, got a minute and a half left. There was, a, there was somebody on CNN who had said, may, is it, asked somebody else, is it time for him to stop saying Hunter Biden did nothing wrong? I think that, but where I think you and I might disagree on the special counsel thing is because of the statute of limitations that are all running out on the 2014 mm-hmm. and 2015 money, that I think this is more smoke and mirrors, meant to protect the swamp, protect the Democrat Party, protect the FBI and the DOJ, and to try to slow walk the Republicans in the meantime in time you can tell me from an attorney standpoint of which i am not but we're talking about rico they're coming out with 10 indictments tonight uh, rico rico against donald trump when we already do we not already have enough evidence To for Joe Biden to be not just impeached, but criminally prosecuted. We have serial killers on death row with less circumstantial evidence than the 20 businesses that weren't doing any business except laundering money from the Chinese Communist Party, Kazakhstan, Romania, Ukraine. Absolutely.
1: And I don't disagree with your point initially about the the swamp protecting itself. I certainly don't. I think that there's just different things to think about here. Gotcha. But I completely agree with that. I think that there is plenty of evidence out here to begin to to begin. Again, impe- there's two lines here. There's criminal and then there's political. Political is impeachment. I mean, certainly we should begin impeachment proceedings on this. Full investigation. Special. I mean, it it's at, at some point, the evidence becomes overwhelming that you can't deny it, you can't protect it. And I think we've reached that tipping point. And I do think the American people are being short-shrifted with this. We're yeah. being inundated with stories about Donald Trump over and over and over again and what's taking a back seat. Now, this timing, again, you notice, what is this, the seventh time again, yep. that this is just – this is orchestrated effort to keep the American people focused on Donald Trump away from Joe Biden. I am completely on par with that. I agree with you. There.
0: Absolutely. Um, I wish that we had some. This, These indictments tonight are coming out of a district attorney's office in Georgia. Where are the Republican attorneys generals? Where are the Republican U.S. attorneys across this country and the, or the DAs? Why aren't they prosecuting
1: uh, they should begin invest again, I am all for yeah. investigating it. But, but that was uh, th- again, I'm sorry, Michael. Of all well, that was
0: a, well, I realize it was a rhetorical question because oh, I'm okay. out of time. But you were phenomenal. Thank you for being here and two segments. He's with the Landmark Legal Foundation. Quickly, how can people learn more about you and your organization?
1: Just check out our website, landmarklegal.org.
0: Thank you for being here. Thank you. Take it easy. All right. Now you guys stay tuned. We got more Andrea K. Show coming up. Speaking of election fraud and and integrity issues, we've got breaking news on that. So don't go away. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Ooh, welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm going to say I told y'all before the break that I was going to give you guys an update on uh, a new story uh, not a new story but an update on an election integrity story but you know what I think I'm going to save that for uh Brian Maloney from Red Wave America Mondays with Maloneys Maloney will be here let's 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 shift gears a little bit and have a little fun and Talk a little pop culture. Um, I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of country music, particularly since they've recently gone woke. There was a time when, like Sugarland, was doing was really big back of like 2009, I think 2010. You know, I was liking you know some country music. I love Sugarland, by the way. Went to see them in concert. Um, but, you know, we had a lovely La- uh, Lady Antebellum and then they had to change their name to Lady A because was like, you know, it's like they just went woke. They just went woke. I loved Carrie Underwood and but they went woke. Well, um, there's a, a a guy named Oliver Anthony, I think his name is, and he's been putting out some country songs. I hadn't heard of him. Um, he's had a few come out. Well, one just recently went absolutely, insanely viral. And the singer of it has been uh, grossly attacked by Rolling Stone magazine, as well as National Review. And if you don't remember who National Review is, National Review is the uh, uh, um, Never Rhino organization, the Neville Rhino jour- phony journal outlet who was never Trumpers back in 2016 and they all threatened to leave the Republican Party if he got the nomination and um, of course uh, we all ignored them and you know voted, for Trump anyway but they're really the beginners of the Never Trump movement that's they are the were the OGs of it they are the ones that created or it was because of them where the term Never Trumper began i want to play a little bit of the song it's obviously most songs are like three to four minutes long but I'm going to play you the first minute or so and then you might understand if you haven't heard it already why this song has become so controversial for the never Trumper crowd and the lefties skins please play clip eight that is a catchy tune is I think that's a really good song even outside of the lyrics do you do you agree my man skins
1: yeah, good song. Listen to it in its
0: entirety earlier. It's a good song. Yeah, it actually is a really good song. So um, then you add the lyrics to it. You you add the fact that the dude's voice is just better than most anything coming out of the music industry today. He's just singing with nothing but a guitar. There's no um, technology amping up his vo- vocals. He you the emotion coming out of it is so strong, and then you get those lyrics. I'm working my butt off, basically, for crap wages. He goes on to sing about, you know, um, he goes on to talk about if you weigh 300 pounds, you can barely afford your fudge rounds, right? Well, of course, he's being attacked today. He talks in that clip about uh, it's all about control, the, the rich men north of Richmond. And he's talking about D.C., obviously. He's talking about the elites. And he's been attacked for that message. And, of course, there's the reference in there to this new world that we've got. It's all about control. And he was absolutely attacked by Rolling Stone today and by the National Review. Now, why would the Never Trumper crowd attack this man in those lyrics? Because the Never Trumper crowd is a part of the Una Party. And they're on board with everything happening in America today. They're on board with the expansion of the haves, the the delta between the haves and the have-nots. They're perfectly content to have us be turned into peasants while the elites live large in D.C. They hate the foundation of this country and, and are really happy to see it turned into a quasi-communist state because they're expecting that they're going to be on the receiving end like all the rest of the elites. They attacked him and said, look, there's nobody." They, here's how far the Never Trumpers went today to attack him. To basically say that there's nobody in this country who should be struggling so much that if you're struggling – to be able to afford food like he's talking about and you're not making a living wage in this country you're lazy that came from the national review crowd today that's despicable it's it's it, it used to be that the the uh, uh, establishment Republicans were at least on board with us economically. They they took a back seat and allowed the cultural marxists to destroy this nation culturally, but at least they used to be on board with conservatism from an economic standpoint. Now they've just they've they've at least they well, let me just say they pretended to be. Now they're not even hiding it anymore. Now if you're struggling under Joe Biden's economy and Bidenomics and you dare to sing about it, something's wrong with you. You're just fat and lazy. Oh, they, oh, no, they accused him of hating fat people. No, he's talking about how people can't afford to eat. That's what he's talking about in Joe Biden's America. Now you know why the uniparty system, the establishment, spends—and including Ron DeSantis, spend way more time attacking Donald Trump than they do Joe Biden. I think it's a great song. We might play a little bit more of it as we come out of the break. What do you guys think about it? Do you think that there's any merit on the National Review side, Skins, that he's just, you know, being... He's just um, being a crybaby, basically, is what they said. He's just being a whiner.
1: Yes, speak speak in his heart. I think you can... If you're listening to the song, honestly, you can tell that.
0: Well, yeah, and, you know... uh, 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 I can't remember if it was Breitbart. I think it was Joel Pollack from Breitbart who lashed out and said, "Well, how come nobody's accused? Nobody accused? Um, uh, you know, I mean, how many people in country music or even b- beyond? I think they mentioned Frank Sinatra and how he was talking about the city that doesn't sleep. How come they didn't? How come nobody attacked Frank Sinatra for crying? Why didn't they just tell him to go take a sleeping pill and shut up about it?" <laughs> So it's okay for everybody to be crying and whining and complaining, you know, uh, in any other music genre. But this guy is not allowed to, to complain about the economy. It's because this song is resonating. It's It's got a lot of MAGA tones to it. I'll just put it that way. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We've got our friend Brian Maloney of Red Wave America is going to be here to talk. We're going to talk 2024. We also I also want to talk about the sad story coming out about the folks from the blind side, the Tuies and Michael Orr. we're going to touch on that a little bit, too. So we've got a lot to get to. We're going to have fun. Don't go anywhere. Come on back.